This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined again with Jim Sebastio. Hi, Jim. Hello, Brian. Thanks for joining me again. We're going to jump right into topic in, in just a moment, but I want to encourage you, if you uh, have not gone to practicalshepherding.com, you can go there. There's always new resources being published and things on there. Uh, if you have been helped by our ministry, we would appreciate it if you went to the donate page and left a donation, which you can do on the website there. That would be a big help if this podcast has been helpful to you or any of the other things that we've been doing as a ministry has been helpful to you. Uh, we want to jump right into topic, though, as we normally do. And that is we want to talk about uh, lay pastors, lay elders. And as we have this conversation, we just want to recognize, not assuming anything, that when we read the New Testament, pastor, elder is the same office. There are two offices of the New Testament, that is pastor and deacon. And in many cases, elder is used as that terminology. And so we will use those words interchangeably in this conversation today, just so you can know. Pastor, elder is the same thing. And when we say a lay pastor, lay elder, we're referring to this model of having a plurality of pastor elders, a plurality meaning more than one in each local church. We feel the New Testament advocates for that as well. We both advocate for that in our churches that we are a part of. And so that's what the conversation we want to have. Specifically then, what do you? what is the role of a, a lay pastor? Uh, is there... And, and let me specify this also, a, a lay pastor, the, the term lay is, is kind of acknowledging they're not paid or compensated like a full-time, like, like a full employee of the church, like a, a lead pastor somebody is. Uh, but we can talk about whether there is a compensation that could come to mm-hmm. layouts. But, but typically, the, those in a lay pastor elder category work full-time jobs somewhere else. Right. They're, they're limited on their time. They qualify the same as other lay pastors or pastors and elders, but they have limited time. They work other jobs. They have other responsibilities. And so their role in the church is certainly going to be different than a man who is able to give all his time to serving the church. Or half a, I think you have really maybe you have your vocational elders, bivocational elders, and then, lay, kind of, and then lay elders. Yeah, okay, that's a good category for it. So, so bivocational elder is a guy who's who views his shepherding as a primary calling in his life, right? but he's not able to support himself through his calling. Okay, yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's a, that's a bivocational man. A vocational elder is he is a he sees himself preeminently as a pastor. And yet, and he's able to be supported by his pastoring. He preaches the gospel. He lives of the gospel. So the New Testament, so, the New Testament, uh, obviously highlights pastors as the office, but does it address this distinction? I think you. I think you. 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 You take the issue. I think the Apostle Paul was bivocational. His he he chose to support himself and his apostolic team through his tent making. And he did that to avoid, a, you know, slander and, and accusation that he was in it or doing what he did for the money. He right. chose to do that, right? But he argued that it was good and wise to have people who labor. You know, what soldier ever served at his own expense? You know, he recognized what he was doing was an anomaly. In some cases, pastors again who are shepherding, it's their job to shepherd the flock to preach. Their primary preachers. But the church can't afford them. Right. So I think that's the thing I'd say. They're primary preachers. And then you have lay elders who are maybe primarily involved in leading and governing, perhaps involved in, in some counseling 
and maybe occasionally in some teaching and preaching, but teaching and preaching is certainly not the, they're not doing it every week. Uh, they're not doing it with, with such regularity that you would say, hey, you need to stop your full-time labors, get a part-time job, or be taken out of your secular employment entirely. And yet, here they are, and this is to your point, they're still pastors. Right. They 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 still watch over the flock as those that will give an account. They're yeah. still burdened for the state of God's people. They're still involved to some degree in teaching or in preaching because they have to be able to do that in order to be qualified. They love God's people. They're there in pastors' meetings or elders' meetings. They help lead the flock and govern the flock. And yet, unlike these other two men that we've mentioned, um, they you know they're not getting paid by, you know by the church as far as any kind of a livable income. And yet, they bear. In some cases, some of them bear a real heavy burden. In fact, there are some churches that are yeah. only pastored by lay pastors. That's right. Yeah, and there are some churches where there is a mix of of uh, bivocational and lay. In some cases, of fully supported and lay elders, or fully supported bivocational and lay elders. Yeah, you, there's you a can, mix. You right? can have uh, in in a church, but we want to focus, Brian, particularly upon these guys. And my heart goes out to them who carry a great burden for the flock. You know, Paul talks about he had a great anxiety for all the churches. You, you can't pastor a church without a, without a degree of burden, you know, without, without a degree of care. You can't be involved in what's happening in the life of the church, mindful of sin patterns, mindful of broken marriages, mindful of squabbles going on, and just shut it off, and, you know, and, and say, well, I'm going to go off to the office you know, you, you, those burdens weigh, weigh a man down. He's still called to participate. He's still called to lead. And so a man like that carries a burden that a full-time pastor doesn't care. I mean, he, he doesn't, doesn't. He carries the same burdens, but he carries them in a different way. Uh, he does not, he, he, he doesn't have his burdens regulated by his paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you say that that even this distinction uh, of vocation and bivocational, even lay elder, is found in First Timothy five, where where there's a distinction made when Paul's writing to Timothy, yeah. and he says there that there's a there's a level of of honor and respect, even in compensation, even to be given to the the elders that preach and teach primarily. There's, right. there's a distinction given. You know, it doesn't it doesn't give the category of lead pastor or senior pastor. No, no, no. Even though that's right. who typically is doing a lot of the preaching. Right. But that pattern's there. A lot of times the one who is most compensated is the one who is doing the majority of the preaching and the teaching in the church. And I he labors I, in the word and in doctrine. And I that's think his that, labor. I think first Timothy five points to that in particular. I agree. As a as a pattern. So I don't know, Jim, you you this is a burden for you. You've you've actually know you were recently at a church that's Completely led by lay elders, correct? So, I was, yeah. So, so that was very much on my mind. That's kind of why I wanted to, to talk about it today. So, so talk about. So let's let's kind of talk about this in regard to how does. So we want to acknowledge lay elders typically are the ones. Although you know you have some retired lay elders. That's a but usually that's not the scenario. Uh, what what is a? How do you advise a pastor? How much should he ask of a lay elder? Yeah, that, I think those are some of the big questions. I think we should ask is what are. What are the expectations the we we lead the church to have? When do we who are I think a lot of the men who listen to this are either bivocational or, or fully supported. 
how do we not take advantage of these guys? How do we look to their mental health and well-being? When do we recognize that we're putting burdens on them that are too great? That they that you know sometimes in an elders meeting it gets to be nine o'clock or something like that at night and you say hey you guys need to go home yeah right uh, and and uh, the two of us who are in full time or by vocation or whatever we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna meet for a little bit longer is that ever right to say or to mm-hmm. say guys we need a break we need to stop this meeting or we can't meet right now or to tell to a guide listen you've got too much going on. And in, in many cases, what happens then is you just say, well, then you just need to resign from being a lay elder rather than saying maybe we need to manage your yeah, time and a, your burdens well, better. Well, accommodate the lay elders around when meetings happen and when, and how, how much you're actually giving them. How much do you, does a pastor need to think about those things? Yeah, what, what is right to give to them uh, in accordance with their, their level of ability yeah. to give and to recognize this guy can't do what you do. And to put that on them and say, well, you all are elders, you all get called pastor, you all have a responsibility. Well, you need to recognize that you you can do things that they can't do. And, and so you need to be gracious to them uh, in that, though they are there to, they, they are there to help the flock. And, and in some ways, and I want to be careful with this, they, they, do, they do help you, you know, to, to say that they're there as, in a full-time role. Their job really is not so much to to shepherd you, and, and but it you know they're there for the flock. But there are some times when they really are a help to you. They they're helping you to lead yeah. and to guide. Absolutely, they're yeah. helping to share the weight and the burdens. Really, what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Um, they, with they, that, well, they have you know they don't have the same time that a full time pastor has. But when, with somebody being able to speak out of having the same burden, the yeah. same feeling of responsibility. I think that's part of the design that even though this guy may only give, be able to get five hours a week to serve the church, it, he's able he's able to be a voice that you don't have in the church, and that's a voice of somebody who feels the same burden you do to some degree, mm. and is able to speak counsel and wisdom out of that in a way that just a regular church member, though they can maybe yeah. try to empathize with you, can't share out of. And I think yeah, that's part he, of the design. That and God he has. doesn't bear the weight and responsibility because to right. take on the office to say that is to bear a degree of weight and responsibility. The oh. question is not to have it be so much pressure on them that they're not able to really function yeah. uh, or they're, or to the neglect of their families or to the neglect of their bodies or to the neglect of their soul. Yeah, And I think, let, let me throw this out there because I know you know that, you and I both know that this is a main issue when these kind of things this kind of design is set up in a church, which I think is reflected in the New Testament. But lay elders, because they're limited on their time, because they're not a part of the daily grind of ministry like maybe the full-time pastors are, the bivocational pastors are, how much do you see as a problem, Jim, with lay elders feeling out of the loop of ministry and decision-making? Yeah, I, think- I hear that a lot out of as a major problem within this. I, I agree, and I, I think it's one of. The, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I think that let's say again, let's take a situation where maybe you have two two men who are supported. It's like in my situation, we have two of us are supported in the ministry. We have two, for lack of a better word, they're lay elders. Now we do compensate them, and we give them a, a, a kind of an honorarium twice a year. We give them a certain amount of money that is 
meant to be reflective of our love and esteem and respect yep, yep. And, 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 and of the hours that they have put in. Now, both of those men in our situation, both of those men are now retired, but they spent years laboring for the church. One of them, 16 years or so laboring for the church, uh, and did he preached fairly regularly, and uh, he's a gifted preacher, and, and but he was working with for AT&T. Uh, the other man, uh, so that's John, Charlie. Uh, Charlie told me he was really excited to get mentioned the other day on the podcast. So, hey, Charlie. Shout out so say, to Charlie. Charlie listens Good to man. this. Hey, Good buddy. Man. Hey, buddy. Um, yeah, so uh, Charlie labored as a uh, – he was a manager at Dow Corning and – uh, was a an engineer and and all of this and and then but also you know participate in elders meetings led prayer meetings did um, did things and so the church did we thought it was right that they be that they have something to show just as a way to Paul says is it you know if, if I gave you spiritual things is it wrong that I reap material things it's not wrong the fact that that's that's I realize it can be taken advantage of but we're not trying to take advantage of that but that that's a good and right principle yeah. uh, that should be uh, the labor's worthy of his hire and so we were asked them to do things and so but we also had to limit it and and the and to get back to the point Brian I got a little sidetracked there I'm sorry uh, so Derek and I have meet together more often and talk more often and share more often cuz we're both there at the at the facility right. Right. our offices are you know 50 yards apart and so I can go over and say, hey, you know, let me just share with you and to remember that we need to share that with John and Charlie as well. Yeah. What I've learned is that the full-time guys have to make an, an intentional effort to include the lay pastors. If you think it's just going to naturally happen, you're right. giving yourself too much credit that you're doing that. And I think just the nature of doing regular ministry, you know, you're, you're going, you know, you're going strong, you're doing your thing. And... If you're not thinking about bringing the other guys into it, they don't. They aren't as included as you maybe think they are. Right. So I would just you have to you have to go overboard. You have to be intentional about. I think one uh, bringing them into the loop, which means it's kind of an extra thought. You got to either you know send an extra email out to the guys, or you got to call another meeting with them to just fill them in on what's going on. If you don't do those things, these guys. They will feel left out on a on a on a regular basis. Yeah. So that's the that's the uh, that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is uh, be proactive to schedule your meetings together and accommodate their schedule. Mm. So I remember I remember for years we our pastors meetings ended up when we went and moved to this model. We ended up we had it was I was the only I was the only full time guy. So everybody else was either bivocational or lay elders, and we had. Uh, so we, there, one time there's four or five of us and they're, they're not, there wasn't the retired elders, which is a wonderful gift, by the way, they mm. were all even guys younger than me who had young kids, <clears throat> careers and all family, all this kind of stuff. We met on Sunday afternoons. We met for four hours on a Sunday afternoon, mm. once a month. Now it was brutal, right? Just yeah. it's after Sunday, a lot of times we had an evening service after that. Right. And my my wife asked often, so why are you meeting on Sunday afternoon? And it's a fair question. And the answer was always because this is the best time for these guys, right? And you know, Saturday, even if you do an early Saturday morning thing, you know, it's it still didn't work as well with these guys. These guys wanted to do this on Sunday afternoon. It's kind of their day at church and plugging in, and they got to talk to people that morning. They feel you know connected to the congregation as right. we're having these conversations. Ended up being really fruitful, but that would be the other one of the other things I would say is be proactive and in, include them in the conversations and catch them up, 
and be proactive to accommodate them in regard to when you all meet. Mm-hmm. Last question I want to ask you, Jim, is how how do you help a lay elder find how he spends his time in the church? Because lay elders' time is limited. It often comes out of help and support of what we need them to do based on the full-time person kind of having a good feel for what needs to be done in those ways. Do you have a particular way you help your lay elders know where they should plug their time in? Is it based on gifting? Is it based on the needs of the church? How do you make that decision? I think it's I think it's both. I think it's it's based on in some cases gifting. So I'll take John and Charlie. Uh, so John did more uh, preaching. Charlie would do an occasional teaching, but then Charlie also did. Uh, a bit more counseling uh, that that was more so if John focused on so if, if John you're going to preach once a month or whatever morning or evening uh, worship Charlie you're going to um, you know take this premarital counseling thing or like like say okay this is one of so it's one of the things he does right now is he he does our premarital counseling okay. he does almost all the premarital okay. counseling okay. Now. Yeah. so that's just that's 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 kind of one of his uh, jobs John has. Uh, some that he gets with regularly, and then you know he has a, a, a preaching schedule uh, on. Of course, now John just turned seventy. He's a very healthy seventy. But I can't he is, believe he's seventy. Actually, he's That's a really, pretty amazing. He's a really good-looking guy for seventy. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I I'm twelve years younger. You know, I kind of feel like a such a nothing <laughs> I'm around him. But uh, uh, yeah, John's a striking looking man. He's in, he's in really, he's active and he's in good shape, but, but that's his, that's mostly, that's a lot of what he, what he does. So, yeah. um, so you try to work, you, you kind of work that out and then say, this is what's expected. But then again, I think you, you, you wind up trying to have to be sensitive. Uh, Charlie has some health issues, you know, right now. And so, you know, we were just having some of this discussion. Okay, is this or that too much for you? You know, we have to try to understand. So it is that. based on g- giftedness to some degree. Yeah, like John and then likes what's to going preach, on, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, and it's a gift. Yeah, that's a gift of his. Uh, and then also sometimes it's what's going on in the church. I mean, there, there are thankfully it's like it's like a whitewater rafting trip. You ever been on a whitewater rafting trip? Oh yes, yeah. It is long periods of boredom punctuated with brief moments of terror. <laughs> And, and uh, that can that can be a whole illustration for ministry. Yeah, so, so that's yeah. what I said. That's ministry, right? Yeah, so right. it's like, oh, things are going on. All of a sudden, you're you're in, you know you you're hit, in you're you hit in the rapid. So you know, you know ones, twos, threes, and fours, and then I think a five is not survivable <laughs> outside the raft. Right. Uh, one is survivable in a raft. One is not survivable yeah. outside the raft. That kind of a thing. So you go through long periods where it's it's it, you know relatively calm, peaceful, and then times of great crisis. And 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 so you know you hope that the times of lesser activity steal you to some degree to be able to to give more during uh, when you're in the rapids. So the way that we we approached it in a similar way in that uh, we would being mindful of the limited amount of time, actually letting each of these guys who are lay elders tell us how much time they have to give, and then to to qualify to be one of the just a pastor at the church. It has to be people who, to some degree, are involved in shepherding and preaching and teaching in some way. Right. And you said that. Yeah, they have to Everybody's got to be involved to some degree to that. Yes. Even if it's preaching once every three months, they're involved in that. Um, and shepherding people's souls. Then outside of that, what we would do is really assess where are you most gifted? 
Where do you thrive the most? Right. And let's put your time there. So we got one guy who was just masterful at discipleship. Mm. He's, he's, he's a pastor now somewhere else, but like this guy was with us for years. I mean, one of the strongest disciplers, an administrative train wreck, by the way, but uh, incredible <laughs> discipler, right? So we're not. We're Can not you give making, us his name and address? We're, we cannot. We're not giving him administrate. We're not giving him any administrative tasks. But man, the guy was just. He, he was. He was a rock star when it came to discipleship. So that he poured. We put had him pour all this time, right. and he loved it. And he was great at it. Right. On the other side, we got somebody who's a who's more administratively minded, and he kind of is able to step into those things. So. I would encourage if you if you have lay pastors, I would encourage you. They have limited time. Really look to see what they're gifted at, what they're good at, and then what they thrive at. And if it's the same thing, give them that role. Like let them take that part of the church, whatever that may be. Mm. And as you bring new people on, I mean, look for those unique gifts to fill to fill those kind of voids. And we had, we've had we've had lay pastors who have had musical gifts before, and they plugged into leading the you know the the musical side of the service and all those kinds of things. So look for the way that a lay pastor thrives. And so if they only have five hours or seven hours to give a week, that's how you get the most out of them and they enjoy it the most. So Jim, any, as we wrap this up, any just final word of advice around that we haven't covered around lay pastors? I think, I think one of the things, uh, maybe Brian, I'd say this in in closing is just this speak words of appreciation and affirmation to them. That's good. Publicly and privately, uh, acknowledge when you talk about pastoring the church, don't, don't stand up there in a sermon like you're the only pastor of the church. Yeah, that's great. And so this burden is all yours. And let let, know you share it. And these are the names of the men that that I share it with. Mm -hmm. And then when you have opportunity in your, in your, um, you know, elders meetings, uh, they, they look to you in a different way and affirm, affirm them and express, particularly if it's been a longer meeting and say, guys, I, I know this is costing you. I so appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, that's um, good. So. That's really good. Actually, one of the th- ways that I tried to do that is I would stand up on a Sunday morning when we would meet on Sunday afternoon and let the church know pastors are meeting all afternoon Will you pray for us this afternoon as we're there? And then we come back on Sunday evening, and I'll let the church know. We, we met for four and a half hours and spent half the time praying and talking about each of you and how to care for you. Yeah. And just reminding the church, these are these these guys, I mean, all the pastors are doing it, but these guys are spending all afternoon laboring on your behalf. And mm. and so, yeah, public and, and private as well is, is a great way. So let me pray to that end, uh, that the pastors have wisdom around how to care for the, these pastors in particular. Lord, thanks for the gift of pastors and pastors and elders. And we ask, Lord, that every pastor listening to this would know how to honor those who serve with him, who to be able to equip them to know their gifts and to know the things that they love to do in the midst of shepherding and preaching and teaching and all those things and serving the church and help them to know how to, uh, to not just equip them and put them in positions to to succeed, but help them, Lord, to to thrive, and so that your design is is fully captured in each local church that's that's represented. And we pray, Lord, your church would flourish under this design and leadership. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.